The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather together this Sunday in July 2020 to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather together to worship Almighty God. Our preacher this Lord's Day is the Reverend Dr. Victoria Gaskell, Marsh Chapel Minister of Visitation. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. As we enter a sacred hour this Lord's Day, we are particularly mindful of and prayerful for both those who are suffering the effects of racism and social difficulties of our time, and for those who are suffering the effects of health and safety concerns of our time. Today's service of worship includes the greeting and sermon new this week, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
May we pray? O oh God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with you. May we exchange with one another signs of his peace. A lesson from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
And now a lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 7, verses 15 to 25. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer that I do it, but that sin dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self. But I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 145 with the antiphon. is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. To make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words, and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are failing, and rejoices all who are then as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. Glory to you, O Lord. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. 
yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Every once in a while, as someone who usually preaches from the lectionary, I look at the selections of scripture for the week and say to myself, what were they thinking when they put these together? This week, there were almost twice the selections that ended up in the bulletin for today, so that meant I had to make choices. And quite frankly, what I had to choose from had little appeal. Especially problematic for me was that the majority of my choices involved texts in which women were either rejoicing themselves or were told by others to rejoice because a rescuer had arrived. Even more challenging was the gospel text in which Jesus presents himself as a rescuer and a problematic one at that. The wise and intelligent know nothing. God has given him everything. He is the only one who knows God. God is the only one who knows him, and no one else can know God except him and anyone that he chooses to reveal God to. These texts have little appeal and lots of challenge because many women, along with many other populations, have learned to be wary of rescuers. These other populations include, but are not limited to, other genders than female, minorities, commercial businesses in straitened circumstances, people promised good jobs in faraway places, even nations. Too often, it seems, the rescuers become either betrayers or destroyers, so that people are not rescued at all, but are pushed off the rescuer's charger into the ditch, worse off than they were before. Still, especially when times are tough going to desperate, many individuals and populations do look for rescuers. And there are plenty of people, especially now, who are very willing to take on the role. The Gospel of Matthew is often referred to as a manual for discipleship. And there are plenty of teachings in Matthew that describe the desired behavior and attitudes of disciples. In this case, disciples of Jesus. And it also becomes clear that one of Matthew's major concerns is to answer the question. If we are to be, a, if we are to be disciples of Jesus, do we choose to follow him as a rescuer or as a leader? This is not just a question for us as followers of Jesus. The question of what kind of leaders we choose to follow comes to us in all walks of life. Religious walks, certainly. My own denomination's leadership after 50 years plus has not been able yet to help us decide institutionally whether or not God loves lesbian and gay people in a fully inclusive way. BTQIA plus people have not even been part of the conversation until very recently, and certainly not by formal invitation or inclusion. So we haven't decided institutionally if God loves them either. 
Many members of the denomination feel that in the harm that has been done, these leaders' times have passed to the point of desiring schism rather than more debate. Many relig religious leaders generally in this country, in theory and action, have questioned and still question the full humanity, human rights, and dignity of indigenous and African-American people. Political walks are also involved, as a number of leaders around the world have each presented themselves as the only one able to save their people from the encroachments of change, and the only one able to restore their countries to their rightful places of power and prestige in the world. Work walks also, as we find ourselves questioning the meaning of the work we do in this time of social upheaval and global climate change. And we question whether or not our business leaders care for us to any extent, as much as they care for the stockholders and their own profit. And now, in what seems to be the increasingly long middle of a pandemic, Scientists, politicians, religious leaders, public health practitioners, business people, and our own complexity and complicity of hopes and fears all lead us to question whose voice or voices we should follow. The idea of a rescuer, someone who will take us away from the confusion and pain of our suffering and bring us to a place of safety and stability that idea often holds an attraction that the idea of a leader does not. Now don't get me wrong. If I am in a tough spot and there seems to be no one around to help me out of it before disaster ensues, I'm all for a rescuer, as many of us may have had a chance to appreciate. People who competently intervene in a touchy situation, first responders, Folks who get us where we need to go when we have no means of getting there on our own. Folks who help us with skills and graces that we desperately need to regain our health or life or soul. We give thanks to God for them. And just because the idea of imminent disaster comes along with the idea of rescue, so a rescuer saves, delivers, and shines in the moment in the immediate, in the one-time big need. A leader, on the other hand, works longer term as a guide, conductor, director, authority, or influencer. To mistake a rescuer for a leader is to risk the betrayal and imprisonment so many have experienced in the long-term long hands of rescuers whose decision-making skills and power in the moment may not be effective or helpful in the long term. And to mistake a rescuer for a leader begs the question of what kind of leadership is necessary for the long haul, as so many of our challenges now seem to be. Recently, there have been a number of articles and even books on leadership. While the certain schools of leadership debate what might be necessary for a particular situation in a particular walk of life, there is surprising agreement on what kind of leadership is not effective in any situation or walk of life, and far from being necessary, is more often than not harmful, if not toxic. A summary of this harmful leadership is often discussed in terms of narcissism. Narcissism in itself is not necessarily bad. Often leaders need a strong sense of self and need to be confident that they are the best person to lead others to reach the goals required in a particular situation. They also, as do many of us, have the healthy desire to know themselves unique, appreciated, and effective in the world. Where healthy narcissism becomes a problem is when it goes beyond the healthy to include a number of unhealthy traits. 
grand exaggeration about one's talents, knowledge, and achievements, difficulty in accepting even helpful or necessary criticism, an excessive need and demand for devotion and admiration, a sense of exceptionalism and entitlement so that the usual societal norms and ethics do not apply to them, and a lack of empathy and or compassion. In practical terms, these traits often manifest in behaviors, such as lying, a refusal to delegate authority or power, or to denounce or fire those who have been given authority or power when they do not operate in lockstep with or criticize the leader, a preoccupation with enemies and traitors, and the attempt to, to normalize behavior and ideologies formerly thought of as unacceptable or problematic, such as cruelty, disorder, and division. In our gospel text today, Jesus at first glance presents as both a rescuer and as a problematic leader. He's got everything directly from God. The knowledgeable and intelligent know nothing. He's the only one who knows God. God is the only one who knows him. And no one else can know God except him and anyone that he chooses to reveal God to. But as we noted before, while Matthew emphasizes the attitudes and behaviors of discipleship, he is also careful to emphasize all the attitudes and behaviors of Jesus, the leader who the disciples follow. So a look at the whole gospel reveals that there are certain themes in Matthew's descriptions of Jesus' leadership that put our scripture today more in perspective. He is consistent with the law and the prophets of his religious tradition coming to fulfill them, not replace them. He is consistent in his life and teaching with a focus on the kingdom of God. He performs miracles of healing, teaches with authority, and as in our text this morning, has a strong sense of who he is and who he is in relation to God. And in the whole of his work, he also delegates power and authority to his disciples for mission on their own. He prepares them for what is coming as they go along and teaches them attitudes, behaviors, and ways of being together that will sustain his followers and the mission after he is gone. He respects women and even changes his mind about the mission in an exchange with a Canaanite woman. He holds up children as an example to follow. He practices his own teachings about forgiveness and reconciliation with Peter after Peter's betrayal and in the calling of Matthew, considered a traitor to his people as he collaborates with the Roman occupiers of Israel as a tax collector. Jesus is not cruel or capricious. His teachings here in the Gospel of Matthew the tax collector are full of the need to do unto others as you would have them do to you, the need for lack of judgment of others, the need for reconciliation and non-retaliation. In our text this morning, he acknowledges that we can't please all of the people all of the time, and he will not do things, and by extension, his disciples will not do things, just because people expect it of him or of them. He invites all sorts of people to follow him, and instead of worldly success or glory, he promises ways for them to experience rest in the midst of weariness and the heavy burdens of life. And while he does teach that his disciples must serve one another and the mission, the yoke of that service will be easy, and the burden of it will be light. As a last gift to them, Jesus gives them an expansive community around a meal of grape and grain so they can remember his life, teaching, and covenant with them even to death, and so that they can nourish each other both in body and spirit. They will not be left alone, and the yoke and burden will be even lighter because they will have others with whom to share them. 
Jesus is the leader for the long haul, who invites and includes them and us, everyone who will, to follow him in his work of reconciliation between God, self, and neighbor toward the present and coming kingdom of God. And he is a leader for the long haul also because he does not sugarcoat. He is clear that there is lots of work to do in ourselves and in the world, and there are choices to be made. Crystal Williams, Boston University's Associate Provost for Diversity and Inclusion, spoke during last week's Boston University's Day of Collective Engagement around racism and anti-racism. She noted that our current situation is unique. The coronavirus pandemic simultaneously with a great outpouring of energy toward justice for those who have experienced state-sponsored violence and injustice for far too long. She notes that many people are calling our situation a moment. A moment is what many people understand to be a time of great import, often unexpected, when old or new fissures in society are revealed in particularly intense ways and new possibilities and opportunities to make things right appear. But Williams noted that it is not just or even the dramatic moments that bring about lasting change toward diversity, inclusion, and equity. It is also, or even more, everyday life and the small essential choices we make every day. This is especially true as we acknowledge our allegiances to Jesus and recognize our need for good societal leaders as well. Paul, in our passage from his letter to the church at Rome, points out our dilemma. He and we often do what we do not want or intend to do, and we often do not do what we want or intend to do. Let me say that again. It's really a not. He and we often do what we do not want or intend to do, and we often do not do what we want or intend to do. We are caught between the workings of God within us, which we intend, and the workings of sin within us that we repudiate. Paul recognizes that Jesus' leadership is of the kind that can help both Paul and us to choose ever more the workings of God in us toward the restoration of the image of God within us and toward the recognition of the image of God within others. Our choices of societal leaders then might want to promote similar ends in similar ways. This is part of the yoke and the burden for us in this moment of pandemic and national upheaval, the yoke and burden of choice. Jesus does not rescue us from the challenges of change and the choices we must make as we are caught up in what is often unexpected and often not wanted. And the societal leaders we need for the long haul that change will demand to be sustainable will not rescue us either. So except in very short and limited circumstances, rescuers need not apply to us in this moment. Instead, as we follow the leadership of Jesus that teaches, companions, and empowers us in our discipleship, we will be able to choose societal leaders that also teach, companion, and empower us in particular human situations. And together we will be able to make the choices in the moments and in everyday life that will move us towards sustainable love and justice. The yoke will be easy and the burden will be light. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ indeed. Amen.
thou in whose light we see light, bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself our light and our salvation and now we give you thanks because by appearing in the temple he brings his peace to the world the word made flesh searches the hearts of all your people to bring to light the brightness of your splendor by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, He gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now, dearly beloved, let us go from this place in peace to have faith in the community that is powered by the unity of love and to promote the work of God's love and justice in the world. In the name of God, who makes us, who loves us, who keeps us in everything. Amen.